Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with the local station. Hey there, thank you for joining us today for another episode of Going Ringside. If you were watching in order, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, just search Going Ringside. This is episode number 33. We had a great response to last week's episode, episode number 32, with Kevin Sullivan and Bobby Fish. Some great stuff. Um, Bobby Fish talking about how he thinks NW or excuse me, AEW was essentially a bunch of outlaws when they formed the company going up against the the mammoth WWE with guys like Cody and Hangman Page and the Young Bucks almost being like outlaws to start their own wrestling company, and Tony Khan noticed that. That's something he talked about in the last episode. Also, Kevin Sullivan, some great stuff, talking about working with Hulk Hogan, that he would tell his children to thank Hulk Hogan for the roof over their heads because he brought in so much money to WCW when he was there. He also talks, you want to go back and hear about Nancy Benoit, because, you know, Chris Benoit, a tragic murder-suicide in 2007, or Chris took the life of um, his wife, his young son, and his and then took his own life. Uh, ten years prior to that, Kevin Sullivan was married to Nancy, um, Chris's eventual wife. And, and he talks a little about how they separated and that he actually booked an angle with Nancy and Chris Benoit for a love triangle that turned into reality. Just some real interesting uh, stuff that happened in the life of Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit and, and Nancy Benoit, who was married to Kevin, then eventually married to Chris in real life. Um, just, just interesting stuff there. You want to go back episode 32 right now, wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube, just search Going Ringside 32. Um, just some good stuff there. Uh, just very interesting content you might want to give a listen to. Um, on another note, I want to talk about some video that popped up on my feed during the week. And, uh, and once again, this is as I was scrolling through our at going ringside Instagram channel and our at going ringside TikTok channel where we're putting exclusive content there every day. You can check out. But one of our friends of the show at the Macho Verse, a guy who does cosplay Macho Man, Randy Savage, professional Macho Man impersonator. Well, he put this video out on Instagram. I took out the audio I had to, but it, but it's to the theme song from Friends. And these are your friends. The real DDP is there, along with the guys looking like some real wrestlers. That's at the Macho Verse right there. You have uh, at the Mike uh, Raimondi, who's Dusty Rhodes. At Camel Cutch Cosplay, played Mick Foley and uh, the Iron Sheik. At Mystical Cosplay and Pin Up LLC, played the Sandman. At Dark Loku, played The Rock. At John Tabaneg, uh, played Kevin Nash. At uh, a guy named Nelson, played Xbox. At uh, Chris Wayne, WWE is HBK. At uh, Tim Han Rivera is Hitman Bret Hart. And DDP, of course, as himself. If you want to go check this out, you can find it at the Macho Verse on Instagram with the Friends music. A fun video to see uh, that in my world, all these guys in real life are friends. That's how I see the world. But anyway, fun video on the show on the podcast there. Um, so thanks to at the Macho Verse for letting us show that on the show here. And I want to talk about what we are here to talk about today. Two subjects. Later in the show, we're going to have a segment on. The old WWF magazine, 
Uh, if you don't know, I anchor the news here in Jacksonville, Florida. It's my day job, so to speak. And my co-anchor, Janice, is like, Scott, you got to have me on the show. I've got my collection of old WWF magazines. I'm like, oh, my God, we do have to have you on the show. We're going to talk to her a little later on. She's got this huge stack. It was really what us wrestling fans used before the Internet. That's how you got all your news of what was going on in the wrestling world. But the big story today that I want to talk about is Becky Lynch. Uh, I wanted to do a show on Becky Lynch and was going through our archives here at uh, Channel 4 in Jacksonville where we shoot our show out of. And we had her on our show in 2019. Um, and I want to kind of bring that back and talk a little about Becky as what many I've talked to are saying is the greatest female wrestler of all time. And we're going to have that to debate a little later on the show. So Becky Lynch really became nationally prominent. She was born in Ireland, as you know, you can tell by her accent easily. But uh, in 2015, when they really had that uh, change, that shift in WWE and changing women from divas to top, in not really pegged as you know, just women's wrestling, not secondary to the men. They became right on par with the guys when they had that women's revolution with Becky shows up, Charlotte Flair and others really in 2015. Um, and in 2015, she comes in with Charlotte um, and they start feuds, a variety of feuds, particularly you have still the Bella Twins are there at that point um, and others. And she comes in in 2015 as part of the women's revolution, um, and they team with Paige. And they go up against Alicia Fox and the Bellas and others. Um, Naomi, Tamina, they all start showing up during this time. And there is a dramatic paradigm shift happening in the wrestling world as a result of her and Charlotte particularly showing up. That no longer are... The, the female product, a secondary thing to the men, which it had been since the beginning of time in wrestling. That started to shift on her back. She started to come in and became a dominant force, a ratings driver, a merchandise driver, selling as much merchandise as any guy. Eventually, ESPN starts putting her up as one of the top female athletes in the world. And at one of the um, Survivor Series, there's that iconic image when she breaks her nose and gets all bloodied up and they get that image out there and it really puts her over. I mean, one of our contributors a little later on the show says she was getting Steve Austin level applause at her peak. I mean, watching what she has done and eventually taking on the moniker of the man, and she talks a little about that in the interview and I don't want to give that away, but essentially she is the man. I mean, she is the top dog. And when that came up, there was even talk that Ric Flair wasn't happy about it because he's like, well, I've been the man for all these years. I don't know that I ever totally bought that argument from Rick. And I, I don't know what all was real and all, what all was, uh, you know, a work and what was a shoot. Um, but Rick was always to be the man. You got to be the man. But I don't really remember Rick regularly calling himself the man. He was the kiss dealing, wheeling dealing, all that stuff. But he never, I don't really think of Rick as a guy, he called himself the nature boy. He didn't call himself, I'm Ric Flair, the man. But he did say to be the man, he got to beat the man. But I don't really think he owned the copyright on the man. Because a lot of people in and out of wrestling would call themselves the man. It was not 
uh, unheard of. I don't think it was just a Ric Flair thing. This is my opinion. But eventually, Rick, I think, apologized earlier this year about that. But uh, she adopted the man gimmick, and it really worked for her. Becky Lynch has been incredibly over for a number of years now. She's right now with NXT, star there. She's still a major ratings driver, uh, particularly as you see um, WWE try and book their top stars on NXT right now. I don't think that's on accident. I think that's partly to counter-program um, AEW um, because that's where they have direct competition. And with Adam Copeland, Edge, and um, AEW, you know, they're bringing their top stars. And Becky Lynch is one of them. So Becky has won title after title and just been a top draw in WWE. You never saw that really in years past. I mean, you saw it to a point with China and Sable in the 90s and then Trish and Lita later on. But I don't ever recall them headlining shows. Maybe once here or there, but Becky was a pretty consistent headliner, pretty consistent main event, a top draw in WWE. Um, so when we brought her on our show, our morning show here at Channel 4 in Jacksonville in 2019, she was feuding with Ronda Rousey. So I want you to understand the context of this interview we're about to show you with uh, Becky Lynch. But we were so excited to have her on the show at the time. And now that we've started this podcast, it's fully devoted to wrestling. I mean, here where we work out of is kind of a news station. But now that we've got this wrestling program, we wanted to bring back this Becky interview and show it to a, more of a wrestling audience because we think it's a little more appropriate for you. Um, and then we're going to analyze what she has meant to this industry after the fact. But first, I wanted to go to this interview from 2019 we had here at Channel 4 in Jacksonville with the man, Becky Lynch. This is right around the time she's promoting a SmackDown and Raw show that's going through Florida and feuding with Ronda Rousey at the time. So here's an interview we had in 2019 with the man, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is making headlines for the way she called out wrestler John Cena, stating that she is now... The man of the WWE. Joining me now, WWE superstar Becky Lynch. Hey, good to have you here. Thank you for having me. So, my wife's not watching. Me or John Cena? <clears throat> in the ring. Oh, in the ring? Oh, um, uh, yeah, you. Any day. Any day. Any day. Any day. Any day. But I'm not just making headlines for calling out John Cena. I'm making headlines for everything that I do nowadays. Uh, I know. You know, Ronda Rousey? Ronda Rousey? There was some headline that, like, you stole her underwear or something. Oh, that, that, that's just, stuff, that's, just that's Ronnie just being a little weirdo. Cause, so what happened was I came into her locker room, I beat her up in her own locker room, put her in my finishing move, had her tapping like Michael Flatley. Then I went out, then I owned the entire locker room of all of Raw. And then I left with my hands raised. So that was her, that was her comeback? That was her that's comeback. That's all she had? That's all she had. Yeah. That's all she had. Okay. It's hard when you're against the man. They can't really get, they, they, they don't get the comeback. Yeah. So, people are going like, the man. Actually, it's all, uh, it goes back to the fact that, you know, your philosophy is that we live in, a lot of people say, a man's world. So, you're, you're saying, you know, I'm the man. Like, I'm in charge. So, what, what it is, is it's more of a, a state of mind, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's having a belief in yourself more than, other people's, more than other people believe in you. It's standing up and saying, I'm the top dog here, regardless of gender. And, and when you look at, at uh, our industry... It's predominantly been, been the guys that have been on the, top, on the top deck. And they've always been referred to as the man. Well, I'm the top dog now, so see, I'm the man. See, what's interesting about this is, I know a little bit about you. And you studied history and philosophy. I did. And you hated it when uh, you were in school. You didn't, it, yeah. it wasn't your forte. No. But that's very philosophical. Yes. 
So I, I, I didn't hate history and philosophy. I loved history and philosophy. What I didn't like was, uh, was, was going to class every day when all I wanted to do was do exactly what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And all I wanted to do was go to the gym, and that was the only reason I'd go into college, so that I could get better, so that I could be able to travel the world, so that I could be able to perform nightly and main event shows like I'm doing tonight in the Jackson Memorial Arena. Who's going to win tonight? Of course me. Of yeah. course. So Let me ask you a philosophical question. Go. If you were in the Game of Thrones... Oh, okay, right. Which, wh why did you win? Well, because I've never watched Game of Thrones. Oh, okay, so I can't ask you which character you would be. Because um, uh, you've never watched it. Is Khaleesi one? Is that well, one? Khaleesi, yeah, she's yeah, the Queen her. of Dragons. All right, yeah, that sounds so about right. A, that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the Man of Dragons, does yeah. that work? So you, you were also a, a flight attendant for a while. So, like, if a passenger, you know, gave you the side eye or something, did they have to worry? Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I'd put them in their place. you put them in their place? Well, kindly. Uh -huh. Because at that stage, you know, I yeah. had to you were do things diplomatically. Rebecca Lynch. I had to, I had to do Becky. things diplomatically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now I do things a little bit less mm -hmm. diplomatically. So who a little is, more physically. Who is your opponent tonight? My opponents are my opponents. Opponents. My opponents. Stacking the odds against me again, per usual. Uh, it's Charlotte Flair and Carmella. Mm -hmm. And the winner of that will go on to face Oscar at the Royal Rumble. For the championship, mm -hmm. for my championship, because I'm the forever champ. You are the forever. Did I didn't you, lose. Did you bring your I didn't. I didn't. Well, I didn't lose the championship, but somebody else is holding it. They robbed it from me. See, well, they're holding it for you temporarily. Exactly. They're they're a placeholder. Okay. So they're, they're holding. A it. They're carrying it for me tonight. Oh, a number. Of them. Yeah. Several. And and by the way, for those of you who are longtime watchers of the morning show, you may remember Brian Kelly. He goes by the name of Brian Saxton. And he is the commentator tonight, so he will be at the Veterans Memorial Arena. You can see Becky, the man, at the WWE SmackDown with the other WWE superstars starting at 7.30. Still some tickets left? Still some tickets ah, left. Getting the yes, go out and see Becky tonight. Take back her belt. Take back her championship well, from the people who are holding it temporarily. We're on the road to it. Yes, tonight yes. we'll be on the road to it. Right. Then we start, and then we go to WrestleMania. Then we headline WrestleMania. Where's that going to be? That's going to be in New Jersey. I'm from the Philly area and New Jersey. Well, then, what are you well, doing? Come on up. Maybe go up there and watch your fight. See the main event. The main event. <laughs> I survived that, Jen. I can't. Not one move? She didn't put one move on you? Come on. I would have liked to have seen her put a move on Bruce. Bruce, that's our anchor uh, here in Jacksonville. We would appreciate Bruce for uh, giving us that interview. Um, but you can see that she's just good. So consider what you just saw there. That wasn't Becky in a prearranged WWE show, they put her out there just to do media interviews to promote a show that was coming through Florida. She was good. She was on. She knew how to talk the talk, and she knew how to engage fans and draw people into the arena the night of the show that she was promoting there. She's good at that. To be a top-level performer, that at base, you need to have that ability. Austin could do that. Flair could do that. Charlotte can do that. Well, I guess both flares in that regard. Um, and she has that. She has that something. She has that bravado. She has the talking ability. She has that I am the man. And that's her 2019. Today, she's in NXT. I mean, her and Tiffany Stratton are having an angle right now. Um, so when I started talking about this with some of our producers, i got to be honest with you. I'm an Attitude Era guy. I mean, that's when I was at my peak wrestling watching. 
during the Attitude Era, late 90s, early 2000s. So I have always been of the impression the greatest female wrestler of all time is Trish Stratus. Trish came in at a time when wrestling was changing for women and they were becoming more utilized as in-ring performers. Trish was much more than just a beautiful face, which obviously was a big part of her gimmick, uh, her character, but she was a tremendous performer in all facets. She could talk, she could work the crowd, she was tremendously athletically gifted, she could wrestle, she could do it all. I've always been on the impression Trish was the greatest of all time. So I go in with that preconceived notion to what I'm about to show you, me sitting down with all our producers who are all diehard wrestling fans, big Becky Lynch fans. They say, no, no, Scott, we totally disagree with you. We think Becky has surpassed Trish. Maybe Trish was the GOAT up through 2015, 2016, before the women's revolution. And maybe Trish could uh, dispute that. And if she wants to come on the show to dispute it, I would absolutely love that. And she's welcome anytime if she ever sees this. Um, but we did have that, that discussion in what you're about to show you um, on where is Becky as far as greatest female performers of all time? Is she the best ever? I mean, on the male side, we have the debate, the debate that will probably never be settled. Is it Austin? Is it Rock? Is it Hogan? Is it Flair? Others are in there. Um, those are generally the top four that are discussed. Undertaker, Shawn Michaels to a point. Um, but on the women's side, we don't have the conversation as much. So uh, we kind of have that here, and we talk a little about um, Becky and her, her influence, her impact on this company, and where she's at right now in NXT. So I brought in our uh, producers uh, here at Going Ringside and the regular contributors on the show, um, Jessica, Rory, and Jason, all big wrestling fans, to sit and chat about Becky's career, her impact on the industry, and where she is in the pecking order of greatest of all time. Let's get to it. Well, we're now joined by the Brain Trust here at Going Ringside, <laughs> our various producers here on the show, to talk to them about Becky Lynch and Becky's real impact and legacy in the sport where she's at right now. Jason Mealy, Rory Thompson, Jessica James, thank you for joining us. Uh, Rory, I want to start with you. Um, when did you first remember seeing Becky Lynch? Um, well, I think this would actually be better for Jessica because she, you know, saw her at NXT. But I think for most fans, it was all NXT um, like that's where everyone kind of started seeing her first. That was when you first remember her. And Jessica, this is when you were still kind of an active watching of female wrestlers. Talk to me about your first impressions yes. of Becky Lynch. So Becky was in NXT for a while with Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey. Mm -hmm. And I actually watched Sasha, Charlotte, and Bailey. Sorry, Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky debut on Monday Night Raw in 2015. Okay. It was their first time on the main roster. This is kind of at the end of your active wrestling watching, right? No, I stopped watching in 2017. Okay. I would say this was probably like the prime time I was watching. So when she transfers over from NXT to Raw, did you know she was going to be as big as she was? No, I really didn't. And if I'm being honest, I feel like at that time NXT wasn't as big as it is now. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these people in NXT were very new faces to WWE fans. Jason, what is Becky Lynch's legacy? Well, I, I remember in NXT the debut when she was doing the Irish jig dancing. Yeah. <laughs> before she became the So, same term. question then. Did you see her being as big as she was? At, at that moment, no. But, you know, it was, it was like The Rock. His debut was the Rocky Maivia and the guy's yeah. smiling. And sure. This wasn't the character. This wasn't it for her. 
And, you know, you saw when that group came in, like, okay, this is something new, and he, here's a female faction, which hadn't been done really in pro wrestling up until that point. So it's like, okay, this is something new, and, and it was that moment for, for women. You knew the moment she became big was the Survivor Series, the lead up to that, when they SmackDown invaded Raw. She gets punched in the nose by Nia Jax, legitimately breaks her nose. Very famously and, breaks and her as, nose. And yeah. as they're going off the air, here's the shot of her in the crowd, walking through the crowd, close up on her, and her face is bloodied. And that's it. And that, Britt that's Baker at AEW kind of had that same thing when she got yeah. all bloodied in that famous image. Yes. Which shared all over the place. So that can be, particularly I think for women wrestlers, that can do a lot. They can. An image mm -hmm. like that. So... She starts going through 2017, 2018, and she's the biggest thing in the company. Yeah, I would say she definitely transitioned into that from 2017 to 2018. At first, when she debuted in 2015, I felt like Charlotte and Sasha were slightly bigger names than her. Yeah. And I felt like she was the wrestler that WWE used to push them or elevate them in a way. But after a while, I think fans just start, wanted to see Becky more. And you it grew completely up on changed. women's wrestling. Could you believe she was main eventing a pay-per-view? No. It's it's really, like, impressive and, I think, historical to have watched the women for so long have these five-minute matches, and then suddenly they're the main event. I think that's really insane. So I've historically, always, just personally, because I, I was an Attitude Era guy, I always thought Trish Stratus, biggest female star of all time. Where do you compare her next to Trish Stratus? I think she's. I think she's bigger. We, we you just, think she's bigger. Well, you just mentioned at the time in 2017 and 2018, she was getting stone cold reaction style uh, really? pops when she came out. Yeah, and, and I her, saw ESPN's even taking note of her and stuff like mm -hmm. mainstream publicity that very few wrestlers have ever gotten. And her promos were just straight fire back in that time too. What do you think? Like, wow, Rory, you think she's bigger than Trish? Yeah, I think Trish and all the women that came up in that era. Um, that was like kind of right before the divas, but also a little bit of divas. That era was just, unfortunately, it was just like pretty women who didn't know how to wrestle, and that was just their whole thing. They were just trying to get pretty women. It was all about sexism and misogyny. And I think that, you know, the NXT group of women and current, like, the current group of women in NXT are all athletes. Like, these are superstars. Like, me and um, Jessica were watching NXT this week. Tiffany Stratton, who just had a match with Becky Lynch last weekend, like, they are going to have so much talent on the women's side for the next decade. It's just all about... You know, are they going to actually use them? Are they going to make them the next Becky Lynch's? Or are they all going to, you know, go to AEW or Impact and, you know, do careers there? Based on what I'm hearing, is she the greatest of all time, female-wise? Definitely not. I think if Trish debuted in today's era, she would have way more success because she has the time and the chance to be able to show her abilities. Uh -huh. But because I think she may be the best in her specific era, but as far as all of the women all together, she's definitely... I don't think even close to Becky Lynch. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Do you think Becky's the greatest of all time? Yes. I would say, you yeah. I think, I think there's some competition there between her and Charlotte. Uh -huh. I think just because of Charlotte's name and her background, it just makes her a big star. But I think Becky has really put in the work to be that star, and I think they're neck and neck for sure. So what did you all think of her taking on the moniker of the man? Do you think it really set her apart? Or do you think it helped or mattered? It's definitely interesting. I think it was kind of a statement like, I'm the best wrestler, period, man or woman. And uh -huh. so I'm the man. But I don't know. 
<laughs> I like it. Jason Rory, you're watching her currently right now. What do you see for her in 2023? 2024, rather. You know, I, I see her. She's, she's helping everyone along. I mean, she is in NXT right now, and she's a champion, and you know, she beat Tiffany Stratton. But she's also elevating Tiffany Stratton at the same time. Everybody is now, Tiffany Stratton is now on the main pay-per-view or, excuse me, premium live events, as they like to call it. Yeah, now. I, I have <laughs> not gotten used to that yet. <laughs> yeah, pay-per-view, we're going to say pay-per-views for, for us, uh, yes. for us on the, in this, uh, for this uh, round table. But she, she is on, an NXT star is on a main pay-per-view. Why do you think, do you think they have her on NXT to, Counter program AEW, or do you just think that's just where she's at right now? Yeah, you definitely. Um, they've been doing that lately. They had, they've had Rey Mysterio come. The Judgment Day has frequently come to um, NXT. Um, what was his name? Seth Rollins came a couple weeks or a couple months ago when he first had the title to come and fight on NXT. I think NXT is definitely trying to rebuild their image um, because when. I just watched a video about this, how Vince McMahon basically like took over um, NXT, you know, during the pandemic, and it really changed how NXT was. You know, they got rid of all the black and gold, which was like a, just synonymous with their brand, mm -hmm. and then NXT 2.0, and it got kind of cheesy. So I know Shawn Michaels is really trying to make NXT, you know, the premier brand of WWE. So I think them bringing in um, Becky Lynch kind of helps the women's division. Honestly, uh, I don't really. See See her staying too long because the women's division NXT might be one of the best in all pro wrestling. So I think that her building up those women and giving them a chance to you know showcase their skill against one of the best is definitely going to help that division. But I think we need to look out at NXT for the next ten years for those stars to be the biggest. Well, let me close on this. It's also it's also, it's also maybe a win-win for her mm -hmm. personally in real life if her real life husband Seth is injured. She's able to, and if they live in Orlando, she can be with him and the take care of help with help him with the injury. Still go to work. It's it's a it's the win 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 situation. Well, let me close on. with this long term. The biggest stars ever, Dwayne Johnson. We saw what he did. Hulk Hogan, to a point, mm -hmm. went the Hollywood route. Seth Rollins is looking at Hollywood. I think he's in the new Captain America movie coming up. Do you see Becky staying? Rest Obviously, she'll be in wrestling in some format forever. But do you see her ever making a jump out of wrestling because of her star power? She's been on Billions on Showtime. She okay. had a guest appearance on that, and she was great in that. Longevity-wise, Hollywood, is it, it does, does the Irish accent get in her way? Maybe. Maybe not, but yeah, you, know, you can be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Surely has an accent, and yeah, he's sure. a big star. She could, she could be a big action star. Could you see her in Hollywood, Jessica? I personally don't feel like that fits Becky a lot. Like it just doesn't seem like her style. I feel like she's very dedicated to WWE and wrestling, um, and so I just, I don't know. I don't see her. Maybe a few pro small projects, but yeah. overall, not just a huge Hollywood star. And last question for you, Rory. Do you see her staying WWE long-term no matter what? Um, you know, with Edge slash Adam Copeland, anything is possible. Um, <clears throat> I think that she would definitely stay for as long as possible. I mean, she's with her husband, Seth, but that doesn't mean anything. Chelsea Green's, uh, I think, husband is uh, Matt Cardona, and he's in the indie, indie, spirit, uh, indie circuit, my bad. Yeah. And so I don't really know if she's going to stay there long-term. I think for her career... It makes the most sense. I don't really see her going to AEW. Like, 
AEW still does the five, six-minute matches. They, the, the women's division gets maybe one match a show. I don't think that's going to really be fulfilling to her. Now, if she does go to like somewhere like Impact, then definitely, I think she could definitely go there. But I don't I really don't see her. Impact does the money for. Her. But yeah, Impact. Oh, yeah, Impact doesn't do the cool. money. But I think for people who really love wrestling, like Mickey James is there, Gail Kim is there, you know, Awesome Kong is there, you know, Naomi slash Trinity is there. So I think if she was to leave WWE, Impact is probably her best, like, situation. But I don't see her leaving anytime. But also, we all said that about Edge, and he's now in AEW. Oh, Rory, Jason, Jessica, thank you for joining us today. Interesting topic on what I think the collective says. Maybe the greatest female wrestler of all time. So that's our look at Becky. I do not think it's going to be our only look at Becky. She's obviously someone we probably should delve into some more specifics on her down the road, and we will. But I wanted to give a look over and take a look back at that interview from 2019 and kind of assess where she's at right now. I personally don't know. I don't know that some sort of Hollywood option or entertainment option beyond wrestling is not out there for her. Um, as age and injuries and just wear and tear on the body start to, you know, continue to pile up with the years that she may look at other entertainment options. We'll have to see. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I think she's got the look. Uh, Jason mentioned the accent. I think that actually could work to her benefit um, in Hollywood or wherever. Uh, so we'll have to watch. I, I think she uh, the sky is the limit for her. She's already reached it. Can she go beyond it? Can she get into that Cena and Dwayne Johnson territory? We'll have to watch and see. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Um, I've been talking to some of our wrestling people for a while. Like, who's the next person to break through Hollywood-wise? You know, it was Dwayne. It was John Cena. And, we, and Dave Batista. Um, and we haven't really seen many more in recent years. Someone will probably break through. And I wonder if Becky Lynch could be that person. I don't know if that's what she wants to do. I mean, that's something she has to decide. If she wants to go that route, she'd probably be successful in it. Um, on another subject that I want to talk about on this show, and that is something about how we get our information about wrestling. Obviously, today you're going to your outgoing ringside TikTok or Instagram channel, or in general, you're getting stuff off your phone. Or maybe off a laptop, but most likely you're getting it on the phone. Well, back in the day when I was a teenager and younger, we didn't have those options. We had wrestling magazines. You had Pro Wrestling Illustrated and, and a few others. I think WCW had a magazine. I think maybe like the AWAs uh, might have had a magazine. But I think the gold standard, the nicest quality magazine those old WWF magazines with the nice glossy covers. And that was how, you know, as a kid, you're like salivating because you're like, this is going to answer all my questions about wrestling because I didn't have access to Twitter or TikTok to get details on what's going on in the wrestling world every day. You mainly had a weekly or more likely a monthly wrestling magazine and WWF put out theirs. I didn't ever really think I'd talk about WWF Magazine on this show, maybe a little, until my co-anchor here in Jacksonville, because as I said, I anchor the news here in Jacksonville. And my co-anchor, Janice Harris, says, Scott, when are you going to have me on the podcast? I was like, why? She's like, because I've got this huge collection of WWF magazines. Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Road Warriors. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. 
come on the show. We want to talk about it. So she brought her collection, which I thought would be like one or two. Uh, no, it was this huge stack she brings to me, and I'm like, oh, this is gold. And it was kind of an interesting perspective because Janice and I are close to the same age. And I always, growing up as a wrestling fan, and maybe you were like this if you're a guy, you thought it was a guy thing. And maybe a sister would be forced to sit in the room and watch it with all the guys. But in general, you, you never really thought of it as a girl thing. That's a stereotype that's not accurate. Janice proves that. She was just a fan growing up. It was a thing she enjoyed, she liked. Uh, so I wanted to bring her on and talk to her about uh, her wrestling, her WWF magazines. Uh, Janice is about to have a little one, so I wanted to uh, get her on before you know she has her baby. So uh, we got her on here in those last weeks of her uh, pregnancy to talk about her WWF magazine collection. She brought it out of storage. She says it is a valuable thing she has. Here's her interview with uh, WJXT and Jacksonville anchor Janice Harris. Well, if you don't know, my other gig is anchoring the news here in Jacksonville with my co-anchor, Janice Harris, who is the coolest co-anchor in the country, because who else, what other female anchor in America stores these glorious old WWF magazines? You have a huge collection here, Janice. You've been telling me about this. Tell me about this. How? I don't know any other woman who has a collection of WWF magazines. Really? That is awesome. <laughs> it brings me joy that you're so happy about it, Absolutely. Scott. I've had these since I was like eight, nine years really? old. I've been a collector for quite some time. Watched WWF when it was WWF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, people like uh, Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, yeah. those were really like heroes in the late 80s, early 90s. So, for when me. I grew up, around the same time and I'm watching this <laughs> yeah. and there were sisters or other girls they would either be forced to watch it because I was watching mm -hmm. it or they would roll their eyes but that wasn't the case with you you would just watch it no that wasn't the case at all for me I've always loved sports loved sports as a kid ran track always wanted to play whatever games the kids were playing outside with basketball football whatever but my dad may he rest in peace that man loved competition yeah so if it was boxing, if it was football, basketball, or wrestling, he was watching it, so was. I was watching it. So you were in on it. Absolutely. You told me he would even get pay-per-views like SummerSlam yes. and stuff? It was like a family event every that summer. Outstanding. <laughs> it was something that you we would absolutely look forward to doing every single summer since that okay you you picked three of the stack talk to me uh -huh. about a little about what we got here okay so we have on the front of this cover this is the wwf magazine it's july 1990 okay yeah i'm <laughs> noticing all these are around the same time yeah yeah late 80s early 90s yep. and obviously you can see macho man king randy savage as they titled him on this yep. one yep and this is definitely like those late 80s, early 90 colors as well. Oh, absolutely. A lot of neon pink, neon green. Absolutely. So I see you've got the Heart Foundation on one of them right here. Yes, I do remember them. And I also remember having a crush on him specifically. You had a crush on the hitman, Bret Hart. Well, I could see that. He was a magazine cover type guy. He was the face of the company. So you had a crush on Bret Hart back then. Yeah, and I mean, and the sunglasses, I mean, like, they were just so cool back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then the big one, the one that I think is probably worth the most, 
yeah. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan on the front. Yeah, this this was a pretty big deal. Uh, I remember this this battle specifically yep. because they were joining forces. There was always an interesting narrative in wrestling. There was always this story leading up to the big championship fights. You know. So I'm I'm putting myself in the mind of an eight-year-old. How would you get these? Would you order them? Would you beg your dad in the store? Would he buy them for you? How did that oh, process Oh, yeah, work? this was easy. This was at the corner store. You know, okay. this, this was at a time before you had the Internet. This yes. was at a time. Th these were our websites back then. Back Absolutely. The yeah. You would go into the corner store. You'd get, like, your soda pop. You'd get your snacks. And you'd get a magazine. Okay. You know, even if it was like a teeny boppy, boppy type music type magazine. And obviously you had your wrestling magazines yep. because they had an audience where folks wanted to devil in and to like dive into whatever was there. So, Oh, my God. I'm going through. You've got Road Warriors here. <laughs> got Rick Rude. This is gold. So I just want to say as we close the segment. <sighs> To any other TV news anchor in America, I bet your female co-anchor does not have a collection of WWF magazines. How cool is that? Well, Jeannie, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. My honor. Thank you, Scott. And I'm holding on to them forever. Absolutely. They're worth, they're worth something probably now if you ever want to part with them. But yeah, I keep them in a vault in a bank somewhere. That's probably smart. Probably smart. <laughs> Thanks, Jeannie. You're welcome, Scott. Really the golden age of WWF magazines, in my opinion. When you had Macho King, you had the Ultimate Maniac. Oh, hang on. Were Hogan and the Ultimate were I think they were the Ultimate Maniacs. But uh, during the whole kind of around WrestleMania six and the Road Warriors, just so fun stuff. And I was so envious because as a kid, I, I could never convince my parents to let me buy the WWF magazines. Maybe I'd stop at the newsstand and just thumb through them while you could. But that was really, if you're a younger wrestling fan who grew up on this is the way you get your wrestling information, that's how we used to do it back in the day. The wrestling magazines, WWF magazine, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, um, and uh, WCW had a magazine, and others. Uh, so just very cool. I was so excited to have Janice on the show to talk about her old hobby of WWF magazines and, of course, Becky Lynch on this show. Um, we, of course, will talk about Becky again. We probably do need to do more of a deeper dive on some specific stuff on her career down the road, and I plan to. Uh, but for now, this is just kind of our glossing over, looking at Becky. Thanks for uh, uh, the sh station here at Channel 4 for giving us that old 2019 interview with Becky Lynch. So we're glad you could join us today. This is episode number 33. Once again, please continue to spread the word about going ringside. Any friends you have, and give us a follow at TikTok and Instagram at, at Going Ringside, putting stuff out there every day. Also, thanks to the At The Machoverse for letting us show his video at the top of the show. So thanks for joining us for episode 33 of Going Ringside. We'll see you back here next week. This has been Going Ringside with the local station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on News 4 Jax Plus, as well as the News 4 Jax YouTube channel.